Welcome to the Fitness Simplified Podcast. I'm your host, Kim Schlag. So fitness is a topic that is all too often overcomplicated. And on this podcast, I do the opposite. I break down exactly what you need to know about fat loss, about building muscle, about gaining strength to help you become the fittest, healthiest, happiest version of you in the most straightforward way possible. Thanks so much for being here. Hello, I am so glad that you could join me for this episode of the Fitness Simplified Podcast. Today is going to be a solo episode. I'm going to be doing more of these because I have heard from you that you really like them. You like when I take topics that you're interested in and just chat with you about them like I would with my coaching clients. It's almost like getting a little bit of coaching with me. So that's what we're going to do today. We're going to take a topic that you have expressed interest in and take a deep dive into it. I'm going to break things down for you the way I break them down for my clients. Today's topic, now I will tell you, this does not mean that I'm not going to still be doing interviews on the podcast. I absolutely am. I've got some great people in the works um, coming up soon. So it's going to be a mix of these solo episodes and the interview style podcasts. Good news is... I'm going to be starting to release episodes weekly, so I will be with you more often. I wish I had like an applause track. Here we go. All right, now I'm just being silly. All right, so today's topic, can I lose weight without counting calories? It's a big one. I hear from you a lot about this. Can I do it? Is it a good idea? If I want to do it, how do I do it? So that's what we're gonna talk about today. And I wanna start off with an analogy. I really like comparing calorie tracking to tracking our budget with our finances. I think it's a really useful visual. So let's talk about finances. Now I want you to imagine that you're in debt and you want to get out of debt. You could take several different approaches. You could decide, all right, I'm going to make some changes and see if I can start saving some money to pay off this debt. So you could just think like, all right, where could I, where could I tighten things up? Maybe you would start packing your lunch or decide, all right, I'm not buying any new clothes for six months. Maybe you would switch to a different phone carrier. Lots of different things you could choose to do in an attempt to save money you might be able to start saving and building a little bit of money to start paying off your debt. You might do that right off, right off the bat and be on track to get out of debt. Or you might be doing these things, making these changes and noticing like, Ugh, this is just not enough. It's not adding up. You know, I'm leaking money at a faster rate than I'm saving money. This isn't working. So maybe then you would decide, okay, I'm going to reach out to somebody to help me with my finances. So if you went to a financial advisor, What do you think they would ask of you to be able to advise you? They would be asking you to track how you were spending your money, where and when and how was money coming and going, right? That makes sense. Now, quite honestly, you could have done that to start with on your own anyway. You know, you don't even need to go to an advisor. You could just decide like, all right, in order to figure out where I'm spending money and how I can save money, I'm going to start tracking. But in any case, at this point, let's say you are now tracking 
you're tracking where you're spending it and how much you're spending it and what you're spending it on and what are the the vital have to spends on and what are more of like the I just kind of like to spend it here and you'd get a really good picture of your budget okay now I want you to compare that to tracking your calories it's the same thing you could if you want to lose weight you could jump right in like the financial planner would have you do and start tracking things. You could track exactly how many calories are coming in at all times. You could really uh, parse that out. You could decide, you know what, I don't wanna do that. I'm gonna just make some changes and see what happens. I'm gonna cut out soda. Maybe you drink regular straight up soda. I'm gonna start cutting out soda. Or I'm going to um, stop eating out so much or I'm gonna start eating one salad a day, or I'm going to, um, I'm going to start um, cutting out my afternoon snack. You could do all these little things and you could wait and see, like, do they add up to weight loss? And they very well might. Lots of people lose weight that way. But you might do that and find like, mm, this is just not working. I'm clearly not plugging up the leaks that I thought I was. Okay, do you see then the correlation between the two? The thing I like about tracking calories is that it gives you knowledge. It gives you education. So with a budget, if you're tracking your budget, you see like, okay, how much do I actually spend on entertainment? How much do I spend on household items? What can I do to get more bang for my buck? Like maybe I could start going to Costco and buying my paper towels there. I hear, you know, that's cheaper. So you wouldn't have known that you were even spending a lot on paper towels had you not been tracking it. And it's the same thing with our calories. Sorry for the paper shuffling. I've got some notes here to talk to you by. Um, it's the same thing with calorie tracking. It gives you knowledge. I'm not suggesting you have to track every calorie you eat for the rest of your life from now to eternity. But it does help you answer questions like, how much am I even eating right now? If you've never tracked calories, there is a great chance that you are eating way more than you even realize. Maybe you'll realize like, hmm, the sandwich that I prefer to eat lunch at lunch has way more calories than I had ever thought of. And that's not really how I want to use my calories. I like to have some cake. So I would rather spend my calories there. Now, how can I get the most bang for my calorie buck? Those are hard decisions to make without knowledge. And the place that you get knowledge, the place that you get education about your particular diet is by tracking it. And so my suggestion is that I highly recommend that you track your calories for at least a month. Everything you lick, bite, taste, everything you eat, you track it. In an app, MyFitnessPal or Lose It are the two that I am familiar with that I use, they work really well. And that can give you a really good picture of where you're at now. You might find that tracking calories is way easier than you had imagined and that you're like, oh, I can actually do this and this is how I'm gonna proceed forward to lose weight. Cool. You might be like, I just don't want to do that. I don't want to continue logging my food. I don't want to track calories. And that is totally fine. With that knowledge you have, you can move on and make really good decisions. You're way more educated in calories and in your diet. All right. So let's talk about three really good options to lose weight without counting calories. These aren't the only three options out there. I'm sure there are plenty of other ways that people have done it. These are three ways that I have successfully used with my clients. 
everything I'm going to tell you here, I have used with clients. It has worked really, really well. They are three different approaches. So let's talk about each one of them. The first way that I'm going to talk with you about is the hand measuring method. This is developed by a company called Precision Nutrition. At least I believe it was developed by them. If they got it from someone else, I don't know who it is. I learned it from them when I got certified through Precision Nutrition. So what the idea is here is that you use your own hand to guide your portion sizes. You will start by setting either a three meal or four meal per day schedule. You wanna keep that the same because the idea is you're gonna to need to see what's working or if it's not working as far as is weight loss occurring. So let's say you're gonna choose three meals per day. At each meal, a female would have one palm-sized portion of protein. Now, what's a palm size? I can't show you my hand because this is a podcast. I will have a graphic up on Instagram so you can see this. But you, know, you can picture this. If you take your palm, you take your hand, turn it upside down, look at the part of your palm that is not including your fingers or your thumbs, your thumbs, your thumb. I hope you have more than one thumb on one hand. So look at the part of your hand that does not include your fingers or your thumb. That's your palm. Protein, you will have one palm-sized portion of protein at each of your meals. Okay, next comes vegetables. You're gonna have a fist-sized portion of vegetables. One fist-sized portion of vegetables at each meal. So make a fist, like you're gonna punch someone, a nice loose fist, it doesn't have to be a tight fist. We're talking veggies here. That's the size portion of vegetables you're gonna have. Next up, carbs. You're gonna have one cup-sized portion of carbs. So take your hand. I want you to flip it so your palm is up. Now, cup your hand like as if you, somebody's gonna pour water in your hand and you're gonna try and drink it, right? That's the cupping I want you to have. And then if you fill that with your carb source, I don't want you to fill it up to the tippy tops of your fingers, fill up the base part in your palm. That is your carb portion one cup-sized portion of carbs with each meal. And that brings us to fat, the last macronutrient. Fat is very calorie dense. For every gram of fat, it is nine calories versus protein and carbs, which for every gram of protein and carbs, it's only four calories. So when you eat fat, you need a much smaller amount of it to get the same amount of calories. So you're gonna have a thumb-sized portion of fat. Whenever I post about this, people laugh. They're like, how am I eating the thumb-sized portion of anything? What it means is it's going to be very small. So I want you to look at your thumb from the base of your thumb to the tip of your thumb. If you're going to have peanut butter or nuts or oil or avocado, that's how much we're talking about. That is not a lot of fat. Okay, so that's what a, a female would start with. I want to emphasize that. At each of the three or four meals you choose, that's what a female would start with. Now, a male would double that and have two of each of those. Now, I know, not all men need to eat double the amount of food that all women need to eat. That is crazy. There are some women who are larger and they will need more food than a man who is smaller. These are guidelines that Precision Nutrition has put out there. And just like if you were counting calories, I would tell you, here's an, here's an estimated start point and then you're gonna adjust based on results. It is the same with this framework. You start here, and then you adjust based on results. So if you are eating what I just suggested, and you're extremely hungry, and you're losing weight really fast, you can increase these portion sizes. If you were doing three meals, you could move to four. 
or you could stick with three and maybe add an extra palm of, of protein or an extra um, half cup size of carbs or an extra half thumb of fat. You can up things a little bit at a time until you are at a point where you are not ravenously hungry and you are losing weight at an acceptable rate. Same thing goes the other direction. Let's say you're eating three or four meals and you're not losing any weight. You can take a little bit off. So you could have maybe um, a cup size portion of carbs at two of your three meals or a thumb size portion of fat at two of your three meals or um, you could keep having them at each of your meals but reduce. So have half of a cup size portion of carbs. I would leave protein the same. I would not reduce, definitely do not reduce the, the portion of protein or the portion of veggies. You want to adjust the carbs and fats if we're talking about taking them out. Okay, and that in a nutshell is how the precision nutrition hand method works. Again, really remember this is a starting point and you adjust based on results. All right, so let's talk about another option you have if you want to lose weight without counting calories. This is the three plate, two snack system. This is something that I learned from my coach and mentor, Jordan Syke. So this is how this system works. I want you to picture a regular plate. Do not go and get some super size plate or a saucer. Picture a standard size plate, which now the, the inches on a standard plate are escaping me. Think of a standard size plate. I'll see if I can uh, round up what the, what the inches on a standard size plate are and pop them in the notes here. All right, so now with that plate, at each of three meals, that's why it's called a three plate rule, you're gonna have three meals. And I want you to take your plate and I want you to cut an imaginary line down the middle, okay? Half of that plate, you're gonna fill with vegetables. Any kind of vegetables you like. Whatever kind of vegetables that interest you. Remember, it's important to eat foods you like. So half a plate of vegetables at each of your three meals. Then on the other half, you're gonna cut that half inside, uh, that cut that side in half again. So then you're gonna have a quarter of a plate of protein. So meat, uh, eggs, fish, tofu, any kind of protein source is going to take up a quarter of that plate. The last quarter of the plate you can use for whatever carb and fat sources you prefer. And that will be the setup of your plate for each of three meals. And then we bring in the snack piece. So two snacks. Each of your snacks is gonna fit in the palm of your hand and will be either a fruit, a vegetable, or a protein. Okay, really easy. None of that is difficult. So what if you want a cookie? What about that? Okay, you would put that cookie in that quarter of a plate of carbs and fats. Keep in mind the 80-20 rule, which states that 80% of your nutrition should come from whole nutrient-dense sources. So fruits, vegetables, whole grains, the kinds of things that have a face, come from something with the face, grow from the ground, those kinds of things. They should not all be coming from um, heavily processed uh, foods. So, but 20% of your food 
could come from some of that more highly processed stuff. So if you want a Reese cup sometimes, or you want a cookie sometimes, you can make room for it. It would go in that quarter of the plate there where carbs and fats are supposed to be because hello, a cookie is carbs and fats. All right. Um, again, adjust based on results. If you are not losing weight and you are sticking to this structure, cut back to three meals, one snack, and let's go there. Still not losing weight, I'd look at adjusting your fats. Maybe if you're filling a quarter of your plate with highly fat dense sources, maybe cut back a little bit on fats. And remember, consistency is everything with this stuff. When you're trying to lose weight, if you're following your plan 70% of the time or 60% of the time, you're gonna get results commensurate with 60 or 70% of your time. So if you're not losing weight, the actual first thing I would do before I would start cutting anything out would be really to dial in your adherence and make sure you're actually following three plates, two snacks, seven days a week, even on weekends, even at night, not lick biting and tasting throughout the day. Okay, so that's option number two. Option number three, this is a habit-based approach. This particular, there's lots of habits you could change. I talked about some of them earlier. This particular structure I'm going to talk to you about here is something I learned um, from a woman named Georgie Fear. Georgie is a nutritionist. She has a book called Lean Habits. I highly recommend it to you. If you are interested in what I share with you next, I suggest you get that book because what I'm going to share with you here is just skimming the surface of this method. I have interviewed Georgie on my podcast. Definitely look that up if you are interested in what I'm going to share with you here and listen to what Georgie has to say there. I have used uh, the things she teaches, the methods she shares very successfully with clients who I have worked with who did not want to count calories, and it works really well. And even with the clients I have who do track calories, I still use a lot of what Georgie has developed in the book Lean Habits um, to support them even while they are calorie counting. It's just a lot of really great information that you're going to find extremely helpful, whether you choose to count calories or whether you don't. But specifically right now, we're going to talk about her system that does not at all involve any form of calorie counting. Okay, so I'm going to talk to you about four main habits. In Georgie's book, Lean Habits, there are four core habits, and then there's a whole bunch of other habits that you can kind of put on as needed. So we're going to talk about the four main habits. The idea being that you would take each of these habits and work on them one at a time, starting with the first habit that I'm gonna share with you. And then you will stack them one on another. As you get really good at the first habit, you'll add in the second habit. And then you'll add in the third habit. I would suggest you stick with habit one for a week, two weeks uh, at least. I would say at least two weeks uh, until you're feeling really comfortable and confident with that habit before adding in <clears throat> the next habit. <clears throat> knowing that you can actually go slower if you need to. Okay, so what is the first habit? The first habit is eating three or four meals per day without snacking. Now, I know that can be a really big change if you're used to grazing. If you just eat perpetually throughout the day, whenever you want, going to a structure of eating three to four meals will be a really big change you'll have a substantial amount of time between your meals. Somewhere between four to six hours will be between your meals. Um, that might feel a little bit, that might feel a little bit scary, which is why you want to practice doing this just on its own. So three to four meals, three is fantastic 
if you don't have a long gap between when you can have lunch and when you can have dinner. If the setup of your life is such that you have lunch at noon and you can't eat dinner till seven o'clock, that's when you would add in a fourth meal. Otherwise, if you have more of a day where you can eat breakfast, lunch, and dinner at kind of traditional times, I would stick with that three meals per day plan. Now, this does not mean you can't have any like traditionally snack type foods. If you want some pretzels or a cupcake, you have them, but you have them with your meal. Think about that for a minute. So you're still having those things, but if you want them, you're going to put them with one of your three meals. Okay, so that is habit one. You will literally just practice this meal timing structure of when, how often you eat. Once you've practiced that for a week or two weeks, you're gonna add in the next habit. This habit is learning to wait on your hunger, learning to sit with hunger. Where I would like you to get to is being able to sit with your hunger for at least 30 minutes to 60 minutes before you eat one of your meals. Now, you don't have to start right off the bat going to 30 minutes of sitting with your hunger if that feels a little bit nerve wracking to you. Uh, we've become accustomed to the idea that feeling hungry is scary, that it's bad, that something's wrong. Like I have to fix it now. So I want to, to tell you something that if you haven't now, if you've been on my Instagram account, you've heard me say this because I say it over and over and over. And again, this is something I heard from Georgie and it was a light bulb moment for me. And it's something that I share with clients and it has changed how they relate to food and specifically to hunger. Hunger is not an emergency. Okay, I'm going to say that again. Hunger is not an emergency. It feels like it, doesn't it? When you feel hungry, there's this automatic like, what can I eat? I need a snack. Do I have a granola bar? Is there a protein bar? Where, where's some, I need something, right? Take a deep breath and tell yourself this in your mind. Hunger isn't an emergency. I want to compare it to yawning. Now, I realize yawning does not have with it the same sensation, it's a little bit uncomfortable, right? That comfort, that feeling of hunger is a little bit uncomfortable. I will tell you, you can get to the point where that feeling of hunger is not as uncomfortable as it once was. When you start talking to yourself about how it's not an emergency, that this sensation doesn't mean that there's something wrong. It's actually not that bad of a sensation if you don't push it for hours and hours. So think about when you yawn. What does a yawn signify to you? Okay, does a yawn ever signify to you, I have to sleep right now, I need to go to bed, I'm tired, I have to find a place to lie down, where can I sleep, oh my gosh, I have to go home, I'm at the mall, but I'm yawning, I need to go right now. That's ridiculous, right? <laughs> would you ever yawn? But that would never even cross your mind. Sometimes we yawn and we literally think nothing. Now I'm gonna yawn because I'm saying yawning. And now I'm thinking, oh my gosh, I'm yawning on my podcast. Okay. I bet you're all yawning too. What is it with that word? Why does that work? Okay, yawning just means that you're yawning. And if you yawn a lot, what might you think? Huh, did I not get very much sleep last night? Maybe I should go to bed early tonight. Maybe I'm not gonna stay up late and watch my show, right? It's a signal to us that at some point we're gonna need some sleep. It's the same with hunger. It's the same thing with hunger. Hunger is a signal to you that at some point you should eat some food, but it doesn't mean you need to eat food right now. Think about that for a second. So learning to sit with your hunger, stop trying to prevent hunger, right? We, we do this. 
moms are great at this. We are always ready to prevent hunger. We've got our bag of tricks. We've got our set in our purse. It's in our desk drawer. It's in the glove compartment, right? We have snacks everywhere because we don't want to get hungry. So take a different turn here and learn to stop trying to prevent hunger. Now you might be worried like, well, what will happen if I get too hungry? Am I going to overeat? Uh, am I going to be like a raving lunatic? <laughs> like I'm going to be so hangry. I want you to trust yourself that you can manage it because you can. This is something you can manage. You can manage your hunger. And I'm not suggesting you need to go for extremely long periods of time feeling hungry. 30 minutes, 60 minutes top that you sit with this hunger. Okay. So that's that next piece. So you, now you've, you've gone to a schedule where you're eating three meals, maybe four meals per day and you're waiting on hunger to start those meals. This helps reduce the amount of calories you're eating. All right, next up, what will you do next? The third habit, you're going to practice eating just enough. Eating just enough. So when you sit down to eat your meals, I want you to think about two feelings. We just talked about hunger, right? You know what hunger feels like. It's that empty, hollow sensation in your belly. It's a really important point, by the way, when you're trying to find hunger. I want to step back before we actually talk about point three here, um, habit three, eating just enough. I want to go back to habit two. It's really important to pick apart true hunger from emotion and craving and, ooh, that smells good, right? Do we not eat for all of those reasons? The mall, oh my goodness, you smell Cinnabon, right? that stuff comes wafting around the corner, you immediately, you're immediately hungry. You want some cinnamon rolls. Okay. That's a very different thing as is sitting here at my desk and thinking like, Oh, I have so much work to do. Oh, I need a snack, right? Those are very different reasons to eat. Boredom, procrastination, craving, something smells good is different. Hunger is actually a physical sensation that you feel in your belly and it comes on gradually. It doesn't just appear at the same time as you happen to smell a Cinnabon. So it's super important to remind yourself that we're looking for true hunger in your belly. Okay, so now let's go back to habit three, eating just enough. You know what hunger feels like, real true hunger, that gnawing sensation in your belly. Then let's go to the other end of the spectrum. You know what stuff feels like. Let's all think about Thanksgiving, right? Or if you don't celebrate Thanksgiving, I know I have people, I have to say, I talk a lot from my own perspective. I'm an American and I talk about American stuff and I want you to know, I so appreciate you listening to me wherever in the world you are. And I know I have many people who follow me who are not here in the United States. So I will try to be better about speaking uh, in terms of not just my own situation. So picture a big holiday in your country, that feeling of like, wow, I ate a lot, right? that feeling of fullness. So we have hunger and we have stuffed. Now there are loads of points in between and we want you to start looking for a point of satisfaction. So not stuffed, not starving, but satisfied. To find that point, you're going to need to eat in a certain way that might be different than how you eat now. We want you to sit down at a table, undistracted for each of your meals. What? I'm being serious. So no cell phone. Obviously you can talk to the people at the table with you. You don't need to tell your family, don't distract me. I'm eating my meal. 
but not watching TV, not playing on your iPad, focusing on your food. You also then, as you're being undistracted, you want to eat slowly. It is so easy to shovel food in our mouth super fast and get stuffed before we even realize it. You've done that before, right? Like that doesn't sound foreign to you. So eat slowly. Put your fork down between bites. Take a sip of your water between bites. Really notice yourself chewing, chew fully. You don't have to chew to a gross amount. I'm not gonna tell you like chew 30 times or something, but notice that you are fully chewing your food and not just sucking it down in big chunks. Okay, from this position of being more in tune, eating slower, you can start to pay attention to how you feel. And we're looking for the point where you feel satisfied, like, okay, I don't feel hungry anymore. I feel good. You'll know you've gone past that point if you start to feel pressure and heaviness in your stomach. You know what I mean, right? And sometimes you, you have to do that enough and pay attention enough to be like, oh, went a little too far this time. And that's okay. Remember, all of this is practice. None of this is something you have to be great at just out of the gate. This is all practice. So don't be hard on yourself about it. So practice this habit of eating just enough every meal for a good two weeks. Really focus on what it feels like to be satisfied. So that is habit number three, eat just enough. And that brings us to habit number four, which is finally we're going to actually talk about what you're eating. Do you notice I haven't talked a thing yet about what you're actually eating? We've talked about lots of different things, but it took us up to habit four here to talk about what's actually on your plate. And that is you should be eating mostly whole nutrient-dense foods. So back to that 80-20 rule. So 80-20 or 90-10, anywhere in there. We want most of your food to be whole nutrient-dense food. And that other 10 to 20% can be more things that are more processed, treat-like kind of foods. That will be your next habit that you will practice for two weeks. With this set of habits, there is a really good chance that you will be losing weight. If at this point you haven't lost weight, a good place to, to focus next is going back to that how much am I eating there with step three and just take off a couple of bites. Stop three bites sooner. Just that little bit. Notice that you'll still be satisfied, but you're just taking off a little bit at each meal. Again, just like with each of these other methods, it's a matter of uh, going based on results. Pay attention to how your clothes are fitting, what the scale is saying, what the measuring tape is saying, what you're seeing in the, in the mirror. Look at this total body of evidence to see like, how is this working for me? Am I making progress? Am I losing fat? Okay, so that is the habit-based approach. So now I've given you three really good approaches to losing weight without counting calories. Think about which one feels like a good fit for you and commit to doing it. It is really important with any approach to weight loss that we don't jump around, right? We don't want you to have diet ADD here. We want you to pick something and commit to it. I would say ideally for 90 days. Commit to something for three months, 
really work on practicing it. And remember that it is so key to not give yourself a hard time with this. Each thing you're doing here, you're learning, you're practicing, you're getting better at it, which is why you need that big chunk of time. Um, and also it just takes time to see progress. The scale does not move down in a nice, tidy, linear fashion. It's not like a pound this week and a pound the next week. It just might not work that way. It often does not. So look at trends over time. And remember, calorie counting isn't something you need to be afraid of. It is not something that um, is going to send you uh, into obsessive compulsive behavior with your food, no more than tracking your finances is going to make you obsessive about money. If you have a problem, you know, and you're very obsessive about your money, you'd probably be very obsessive about your money, whether you were tracking it or not. Same thing with your food. It is totally fine to track your calories. You do not have to. And now you have three really great options to help you if you don't want to. All right. I would love it if you would drop any questions you have, um, shoot them to me via email. You can comment them wherever you are watching, watching, not watching me, wherever you're listening to this podcast. Uh, I would greatly appreciate hearing from you. Did this episode help you? What questions can I help you further? I'm sure this brought up a lot of questions. As I said, I'm just scratching the surface with all of this, this stuff. I want to give you some ideas about where you can go with this. I will be back again next time. We're going to talk about another really important issue that uh, is facing you as far as weight loss is concerned. Thank you so much for being here. I sure do appreciate it. Thanks so much for being here and listening in to the Fitness Simplified podcast today. I hope you found it educational, motivational, inspirational, all the kinds of ational. <laughs> if you enjoyed it, if you found value in it, it would mean so much to me if you would go ahead and leave a rating and review on whatever platform you are listening to this on. It really does help to get this podcast to other people. Thanks so much.